My name's Guy LePage. I'm a director of Conico. We're a nickel cobalt scandium developer in Norseman in Western Australia. And uh, I'm going to look forward to speaking to Matthew about our plans for this year. Good, Matt. Good to see it. I mean, you're a backyard, man. Indeed. In Perth. So, and uh, obviously, you've got the uh, West Australian town to go with it. Very much. It's actually the Cape Town town. Oh, it's okay. You can't take credit. Similar. I know. Hey, uh, um, we, could, we had a good catch up online for Christmas. I just came away from that. I quite enjoyed that conversation. There's a sort of, there's an idea. And I want to talk about the idea. Sure. Um, and where, 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 where are you getting to, right? So um, can we just talk about Greenland first? Sure. I presume that's kind of parked up for now. But does it have any value? Well, I think uh, we proved that the Tagida dike, the Mickey dike, the big dikes we're chasing are pregnant with PGs and copper. We just haven't found sort of economic grade. So I think we got to base one, but we didn't actually, you know, get that spectacular hit we we're looking for. So uh, we'll probably review the data and make some decisions down the track. Uh, in respect to Master's Big, which is the zinc lead target, we got some interesting hits. Uh, we didn't get the sort of widths and grades that we were looking for uh, that the old Bly Clippin mine had. Uh, but plenty of encouragement. But, you know, again, we're probably going to review it, um, have a look at it and make a decision down the track. So... You know, we could look at joint ventures, we could securitize it, we could go back in ourselves at some point. Um, but look, overall, probably weren't the results we were hoping for. Um, but, you know, it's still alive. Okay, so it's a case of kill or be killed. Yeah. Uh, but there's a, the question was, does it have any value? I think the market says no. It, it doesn't. I don't think it has any value in the market at the moment. Um, it might have some future value if we roll it out and... Right. Try and move it ahead. It has some value, but in terms of market value, it's pretty limited. Okay. So let's, let's park that up. Okay. Yeah. So you, you've assessed it and you're not going to throw good money after bad there. No, we're not going to spend another sort of six to eight million there this year. Right. Okay. So man thirsty. Got all the right buzzwords there. Yeah. But all the right commodities. Well, I, I say that. Most people don't actually know what Scandium is. Tell us a bit about Scandium. Well, Scandium is uh, its not particularly well known. I mean, the world market's only half, uh, 500 million. Uh, it's forecast to grow at just under 9% per annum for the next seven years. Uh, electronics, defense, um, it's an alloy, it's a, it's a rare earth. Um, it's, it's not uh, widely known. Uh, not a lot of production out of Australia. It's very limited. Um we first found scandium this year, in fact. We're doing some multi-element testing. And we're finding grades of sort of 40, 50 grams a ton. So that sort of um, got our interest back up and running. When you look at the recoverable metal in Mount Thirsty, um, in the new sort of H-power high-pressure acid leach circuit we're looking at, yeah, that could be quite a big contributor. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about H-power another time. Sure. There's a big topic around that, right? Yeah. And... Um, Okay, so you say all the all the right kind of com commodities, but let's let's kind of bring back to basics. So, so you, how much cash have you got today? For, uh, under half a million. So we're looking at having to do something fairly soon to right. run this year's program. Right. Yeah. And obviously, with share price doing what it did last, year. Uh, look, everyone get hit last year. Yeah. You know, everyone gets a free pass on, on on that one. Yeah. But still, you're going to be raising more expensive money this year. So yeah. how do you go about doing it? Where are you going to get it from? Uh, look, we'll probably go back to shareholders. That's the most likely thing. You know, we've had a, a little shareholder group. We might try and bring some other parties in. Yeah. 
we're not looking at a big budget this year because we're only up for half the costs. Um, but the objective would be to work the project up, do some more studies, and do some more studies on HPOW, uh, and then look at a spin-out uh, third, fourth quarter this year. Okay, and what's that conversation look like to existing shareholders? Because so far, if you go and say, look, so far I haven't quite got it right, yeah. but that's the nature of the beast. If you're hunting for stuff, you don't <laughs> always hit it in out of it. Yeah, look, I, I think we go over to good crap in Greenland. Yeah. I think the, the problem I've always had with Mount Thirsty is we've been using this uh, low-cost atmospheric leach, which is not actually that low-cost. It was still going to cost us you know, $300, $400 million to build a pro, uh, plant. The problem is we're leaving a lot of the metal behind. We're only recovering 20% of the nickel, 80% of the cobalt. And that's in a lab. In the field, it might actually be less. So... I think with the revival of high-pressure acid leach, particularly in Indonesia, which is now accounting for a lot of the world growth of nickel production, uh, I mean, 20% increase in production out of uh, Indonesia. Um, a lot of that's, or most of that's driven by high-pressure acid leach. So those plants are a little bit cheaper to build. They're operating uh, more efficiently. They're ramping up faster. So I think the economics around HPAL are probably more attractive. And running the numbers over Mount Thirsty, I think we could have a pretty interesting project. And obviously, we'll save that for the scoping study pre-fees. But I think that's um, that's the way forward for the project. HPAL projects are super, super expensive, right? The, like even if the news of Chinese technology can yeah. kind of <clears throat> reduce those sort of one billion, two billion type numbers. Yeah, um, it's also got that kind of association with kind of you know dirty nickel. I think some people frame it. Um, but that that kind of seems a long way from where you are today. Well, I think so. Why, why are we talking about that? Why are we talking about that? Well, I think HPOW, um, the thing is, it gives you the, the operating risks are lower and it gives you more certainty with a uh, product outcome. Uh, it's it's a known technology. It, can, can, it is more expensive, but on a if, if you look at the returns over life of mine, they're significantly higher, uh, all the ones that we run anyway. So uh, I think there's a lot of perception around um, H-Power plants being, you know, high capex, high risk, poor operating history, and that's true. But the last sort of 10, 12 years up in Indonesia has proven these things can actually work and work efficiently. Uh, in terms of cost, well, they are, uh, you know, you're talking capex for amount thirsty, probably somewhere in that one to one point four billion dollar mm. range. But the payback uh, could be. Uh, quite short, given the high price of nickel. Right. And when our nickel recoveries, if we can get them from 20 to 90%, cobalt to 85 to 90, that'll make an enormous difference. Like, but, but come, come back to the question, yeah. which was that and those sorts of numbers seem so far away from where you are today. So remind yeah. me of the business model that you're hoping to deploy here with Mount Thirsty to be even have those sorts of conversations. Sure. Uh, well, I think... The, the first step's already got to be a scoping study to demonstrate to the market, look, you know, even at a high level, this could work. Mm -hmm. The next phase would be to push ahead with a pre-feasibility study uh, later this year or roll into a pre-feasibility study. And that's not going to be super expensive. Why? Because we've already done all the test work before. We've done the mine planning. We're probably going to do some more drilling on the resource. Right. Uh, so what have you got? What, what data do people need to Well, we've got a, a jaw resource of 30 million tonnes. Okay. We've done a PFS already on uh, atmospheric leach. Mm -hmm. um, 
So a lot of that work can be replicated or used again in a in a PFS for HPOW. Uh, so I thought you're going to choke there, some mate. No, I'm not choking your numbers in the smear thing. Well, some people do. Um, okay. So I think a lot of that, you know, it's not going to be super expensive to do a PFS. If we can do that, roll it into with Greenstone Resources Interest in a, in a spin-out, uh, complete a PFS, I think we then have a, a study that we can get a partner in. Okay. So that's probably, uh, you know, middle of next year, hopefully, that we could look at um, finishing right. a PFS with an H-Power circuit. That's my sort of... So is, you, is your idea to just kind of... You don't want to kind of give away as, uh, the upside, <clears throat> right? So getting partners in, that's, that's going to be up for negotiation. Yeah. You, you're not in a strong position financially. No. So th- th- you need to sort something out. It, it's a cut, yeah. So I think the, the spin-out will come with a decent-sized capital raise to, okay. to fund the PFS. I mean, the sort of model you're looking at, bring your partner is, you're looking to retain somewhere between 30 and 50% of the project uh, into a production scenario, our production. So right. that's, if you look at a lot of the deals that have been done around around WA, for a, a sort of billion dollar plus CapEx, that's realistic. You know, you might be more around the 30 to 40% mark. So that's <clears throat> that's a sort of- So 34% for what? Interest in the project. At, okay, at, so at production, so you know, getting a, a partner into fund like the capital costs uh, and take you into production. You know, obviously there's a dilution factor there. Yeah. You know, we're not looking to operate a project like that. We don't have the resources or the team to do it. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I'm confident if the numbers stack up, we can attract that partner. So, so when you talk about spinner, you, so how, 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 what is that? Putting like? a new listing. Um, of Meteor Metals, which holds the yeah. asset, yeah. which Greenstone have a 50% interest in. Right. So we'd look at doing a new IPO. Right. And, so, and Greenstone themselves, you need to fund a lot of these things. They're probably not big enough to. No, they're like those. I mean, they're, they're, they've got their focus on gold. So they'll look at rolling their interest in with ours right. and then doing a new listing on the ASX. But they would stay within the new setup. Yes. Yeah. So they'll, they'll okay. be a 50% partner uh, before okay. obviously new shares are issued to new investors okay okay so they'll still be around in, in the mix yeah um, so that leaves conoco with what well it'd have uh it'd, it'd more than likely do a distribution in specie yeah so um it'd probably leave us with greenland so you know at that point we might revisit greenland or be looking for other projects okay so let's let's kind of let's kind of wrap up on on the kind of thirsty things. So yeah. Okay. Uh, Spinner, uh, Greenstone, stay involved. Great. Yeah. Uh, you're raising capital at the, at that point in time. Yes. Do you envisage just management teams, you know, being involved with that one, or will that be down to who you bring in? I think we'd probably look at reconfiguring the management team. Right. Um, uh, you know, we've been at it for 16 years. Yeah. And that's probably uh, a little bit too long. Right. where we've got to. Okay. So we'd look at populating a new board and management right. team. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Because I think hey, these legacy issues, when they kind of, they roll on and roll on, that yeah. you can't get rid of the kind of what people perceive it as, right? Yeah. Um, it's a bit like some of these old rock and roll bands. Exactly. Make you know, make okay. Just leave it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they were good in the 60s, not so good today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so that's fine. And you're sort of, again, time frame, you did say, but what? Oh, somewhere between September and December that we'd look at having this spin out completed. Okay. You've also got a bit of work to do between now and then in terms of just filling in some gaps. Yes. 
half a million. So when would the raise be? Well, I think that's, you know, that's, you know, you look at the numbers, look at the quarterly, that's imminent. So uh, we look to complete that and then try and complete that scoping study sort of July, August. Right. But you want to raise as little as possible. Yeah, it's not a significant raise because we're only out for half of it. And it's only a scoping study. Yeah. But, you know, it would leave us with a raised amount of cash at the time of the spin out. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the sort of next uh, six to nine months. How do people see that? You go, look, it's going to be a bit expensive in the short term, boys and girls, but when this spin out happens, say, say Q4, which yeah. we're aiming for, no guarantees, um, there'll be gains there at that, at that point. So bear, yeah. bear with. Yeah. Okay. Basically, that's it. I mean, you know, if we can add some value through the scoping study and show this is a, yeah, as a billion dollar NPV. Yeah, you know, I think it's got to be worth more than our cap of thirteen, fourteen million at the moment. You, you think? Yeah, but no guarantees again. No guarantees. I mean, there still is a bit of skepticism on HPAL and the high capital costs. Yeah, and the capital costs. You know, you can source cheap part equipment and you can get it um, uh, fabricated offshore, but only a third of capital costs are plant equipment. The rest is all uh, labour, yeah. civil engineering. So it's not going to be a cheap build, but overall the economics, I think, could look pretty robust. And you'll find necessary partners to do that because it, has, it's, it's can, it can be complicated. Right? Yeah. And China, obviously China, Philippines, Indonesia, well-known for outside, just one of Brazil I'm aware yeah. of, and maybe only a couple of others, with Glencore, et cetera, but um, it, because it's not so popular ex-China. Um, okay, you'll let us know. Yeah, and I, think, that, I think the other thing, I mean, people are going on about ESG, but it is a... A source of cobalt from a first world country, yeah. it's only a few hundred kilometers from a port. So that does have some appeal from a, a longer term security of supply. What was the percentage as, uh, in terms of value of the cobalt? Uh, under the HPAL, it's probably going to account for about 30% of the revenue. Okay. But it's, it's a high cobalt grade, it's 0.12 cobalt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the nickel revenue in, under the HPAL scenario will be high, higher than the cobalt. And if you improve uh, recoveries, yeah. So I think I'm reasonably confident with current metal prices. The economics are going to look pretty good. You, how much work do you need, think you need to do in terms of the metallurgy recovery component before you do the spin out? Because if if that happens after spin out, then obviously Nuco sees all the gain. That's right. right. Yeah. So again, it's a co- that's a cost exercise. Yeah. It, it's not look. It, it's not a big spend. You know, we may spend as a joint venture a million dollars between us between now and September. Okay. Maybe maybe one and a half. It's not a it's not a big spend. Uh, we have done some uh, H power test work previously. Mm-hmm. It is only a scoping study, so it's only sort of plus or minus fifty percent certainty. Mm-hmm. But some of that met work will be better quality than that. And then the any kind of groups that you kind of would go to now, I mean, Canada, where where you know, like Matt Sock and you know, Boyd, who does the, he, the you know the big boys go to yeah solve you know, problems like this in Australia is the skill set necessary? Well, there is uh, the only, and it's not a criticism; it's just a fact. A lot of the HPL expertise here is a bit old because you know Marin mm-hmm. was built in the in the nineties, Raven Salt was two thousands. Yeah. Um, there are some groups here that we are going to be using have current knowledge of HPAL, um, in particular some of the projects been ramping up in Indonesia. So we do have more current uh, engineering expertise in Perth on HPAL that gives me a bit more confidence that we're, we're, we're you know we're going to be uh, well looked after on that front. And then because it doesn't necessarily mean that if they go from twenty to forty percent, you should expect to 
you know, hundred percent uplift and how people value that. But what do you think is a, what should a target be in terms of the recovery of, of the nickel component? Well, you'd be if you're going to be spending that sort of money, you really want to be sort of ninety percent. Right. In the nineties, uh, low nineties on nickel, eighty five plus on cobalt. Right. That's where you need to land. Right. So we're, we're ways off of that. So we're, we're the- no, I think I think some of the previous H power work we did we were getting in that range. Right. Okay. Uh, and the H power, I mean, the good thing about high pressure acid leach, you know, you're smashing at 800 degrees Celsius high pressure. You know, it is going to blast everything. So um, that's that's the benefit of H power. I think the only criticism I'd have of our previous work is the atmospheric leach hasn't been deployed wider in the world. So there is a question mark on even if it did work, could you fund it? And uh, in a in an operating environment, would you get those results? Whereas there is a lot more data out there on HPAL. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. We, we we saw a couple of companies last year who you know had assets in the portfolio, zero value attributed, spin that to new coke. All of a sudden, the things worth fifty, hundred. Yeah, and it's 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 yeah. that kind of release of value, yeah. Yeah. and that's good for your current shareholders because obviously you will. To re- re- yeah, that's right. And et cetera. Okay. That's right. Makes sense. Um, then you, so we'll see how you deal with that and how, the raise, imminent raise, yeah. how you do the spin out, the data you uh, accumulate between now and then. Yeah. Right. Conoco, though, right, you need something needs to happen. It's a kick in the ass uh, type. Oh, well, I think I got one on in the stairs going up. Did you? So did you? a happy share. Did you? <laughs> okay. I'm not going to delve into that one. Um, you're going to need to find something to work on because of, I think Greenland possibly, you know, based on the same thing, you know, we talked about, you know, if, if you've got a management being been out of 16 years, perhaps yeah. it's time to yeah. Greenland. Likewise, it's it's harder how to how to go at it. Okay results, but not economically really stunning. Um, I don't think the market will give you much credit for having another crack at that. So. No. Where would you look? What commodities are we looking at? You must have talked about it internally. Well, you know, I prefer the LMA, the precious LMA, quite of the precious metals. Uh, I think once you enter the the tungstens, I found that sort of market hard. You know, vanadium, yeah, uh, silica sands. Yeah, there's lots of different. Uh, well, I suppose lithium is looking at becoming quoted on the LMA, so that's probably been elevated. Uh, look, there's lots of opportunity out there. We'll just have to assess it, but. Uh, it's like all these things. You want something on the right end of the grey tonnage curve to make it work. Yeah, and no rush. You've got stuff to do. Yeah, soon. and look, at the end of the day, you know, come the end of the year, we'll be either looking to do something on Greenland, whether that's a JV or, or sell it, or and looking for another project. See if I get a little bit of revenue there, but that's kind of going to be spent you know, on the Mount Thirsty project, yeah. spin-outs, et cetera. But, so you're not in any... I will say you're not in any... So you know you've got to find something. Yeah. you Precious metal seems to be you're favouring that because it's people, something people understand. Yeah. Um, and jurisdiction? Again, well, I, I so was agnostic. Yeah. I mean, some yeah. jurisdictions that have been a bit more challenging lately. Yeah, um, that's for sure. But, you know, Australia has done really well in Africa, and despite all the coups and rebel activity and all sorts of problems there. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm not averse to uh, going to some uh, spicy jurisdictions. Uh, we just have to see what the assets are like. Okay, well, stay in touch. All right. Thanks, Matthew. Appreciate it. Thank you. Great.